0: Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, Episode 261, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and we are back, back, back. I'm back, sorry. Um, due to technical difficulties, we did not end up using uh the audio uh with uh co-host heather ingerson so uh to make up for the loss in the week uh, we did record one um a round table um bruins hockey talk discussion with some really cool um and passionate boston bruins fans but also podcasters and writers in the hockey world uh, we had andrew taverna from black and gold uh we had uh, kevin o'keefe from the uh beehive hockey podcast And we also had Dom Tiano on and he writes for domhockey.com. And uh, um, we just had a really good uh, round table discussion about so many different things. So uh, hopefully you do enjoy that. We will be back next week with Heather on a regular scheduled programming. Um, But for now, Uh, we will listen to this uh, roundtable discussion. But before we listen to that roundtable discussion, we do have to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Betonline.ag remains the number one spot for all sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new update desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, as previously mentioned, we do have a, a, a round table going on right now with some passionate Boston Bruins fans, writers, and podcasters. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because I really respect all these gentlemen. And um, um, we have... Uh, Andrew Taverna from blackandgillhockey.com. We have Kevin O'Keefe from the uh, Beehive Hockey Podcast. And we have the awesome Dom uh, Tiano from um, domhockey.com. And uh, he, he's great job with uh, prospects and, and a lot of Bruins history. And and uh, one of my go-tos for a lot of uh, solid Boston Bruins information, but uh, why don't we get started, bringing in the gentlemen first. of all. Let's bring in Andrew Taverna. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
2: Hey, doing well. How are you, Mark?
0: Very good. Glad you can be here and glad you're doing good. And next up is Kevin O'Keefe, Beehive Podcast. What's up, Kevin?
4: Not too much, Mark. Thanks again for having me on, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. And last but not least, as mentioned, it's Don Tiano, my friend, my buddy, my pal. What's up? What's up, fellas? Good to be here. Yes, I- yes. Can't go wrong with this streak. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, as we sit right and we record on Friday night, uh, the Boston Bruins have played 34 games. Their record is 21-11-2. They, uh, a nice 647 um, percentage. Uh, in the home record is really good. And the away record is really good. But most of all, This Boston Bruins team sits in fourth in the Atlantic and is the hottest team in the division. So let's I want to do I want to pull out a little Jeff Merrick for you right here, because I just absolutely love that guy and the way he talks and just orchestrates the podcast. And I wish I could be as good one day. But let's paint a picture from where we were before the break and how you addressed this this Boston Bruins team back then to where the lines got changed and w- the product on the ice that we're seeing right now in a 7-1-1 record. Let's start with Andrew Taverna, but right around the horn.
2: Yeah, so I think for me, the biggest shift has just been the the look of the players even, right? Like the energy, the way they're skating, the I guess the buy-in to the game, I almost felt pre-break like, it looked like everybody was just kind of going through the motions, feeling like they they had to be there day in and day out, whereas opposed to out of this break, they all look shot out of a cannon. I mean, in and out of the lineup with COVID doesn't matter. You're in one game. You Well, Grizzlick had five points that other night. Now he's out. I imagine he's going to step back into the lineup where he left off. I mean, each one of these guys has had their own barrier or issue, and they've come back looking better. And then when you've got Rock and Marshan scoring – Patricks and back-to-back games it's that's not a bad thing when your secondary scoring's going as well so i just think they they look like an entirely different team and in, in a good way as opposed to normally i feel like it's it's the other way around like they get that that burst of energy too early in the season
0: kevin go right ahead
4: yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head there uh this team before the break um, you know the break that we wish didn't have to happen you know due to these unprecedented times but the team you saw before they didn't look motivated they didn't really have the pep in the step that you usually see in a Bruins team that we all have grown to love to watch um, but I think coming out of the break Cassidy with that one small move that Cassidy made with just kind of Flip flopping Pasanak in Smith, which is something that I've been begging for, and finally they did it. And I'm so happy that they finally did um, because it That's created. The only a-
2: reason I'm unhappy is because you're so damn happy. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs>
4: well, thanks, Andrew. I appreciate that. But, anyways, uh, Bruins fans are happy because now you're seeing the most balanced scoring this team has had in a long time. Um, you know, it, it kind of created these duos. You have Marchand, Bergeron, uh, Hall, Pasternak. And then you, uh, right now I'd say you have Coil and Steen because we haven't, I mean, cause we don't know what's going on with the yet. So, you know, we'll wait and see with that. And then that fourth line is absolutely buzzing. Um, bleed, you know, a guy like that stepping in and doing what he's doing. Hello. Um, uh, Don Sweeney drafting. There you go. And then, um, you also have a guy like, um, Steen just coming in and, doing what he's doing. It's it's great to watch. Um, Cassidy seems like he has the room back in order. Uh, Tuka Rash just came back. There's a lot of really good things to look forward to here, and I'm just so excited for the rest of the season.
0: Don, what are your thoughts, buddy? Well,
1: I can't disagree with anything that Andrew and, and Kevin said. Uh, before I uh, go on, I hope we talk about Jake DeBrusque a little later because i got some news for you. Nice. Uh, we'll, we'll break it here
4: nice Um, (laughs) okay uh
1: again i i I agree with everything that andrew and and kevin had to say but if we go back before the break and i have preached this to bruins fans for years is to show a little bit of patience uh for two reasons one they're an older team and sometimes it takes time to get into things and two They weren't playing a lot of hockey. It's hard for these guys, to, especially when you've got, what, four new bodies into the lineup to get to mesh, to to form some sort of chemistry amongst players. Uh, Andrew mentioned uh, pairs on lines as opposed to a threesome. I've been preaching that for years. You know, it's all about pairs. It's not about the threesome. You can find that third guy to mesh with. Uh, Bergeron and Marshant, or or Pasternak and, and Taylor Hall. So, <laughs> excuse me, everything is bang on what, what they had to say. But you know, I kind of expected something like this, not to the extent that we've seen it, but as they begin to play more games, uh, that everything would mesh. And you got to add in. The next man up mentality has really, really. De- I mean, go back to Jakob uh before he got injured. It was not just his best year in Boston to date; it was his best professional year. That includes the AHL that that he was having. Eurovacininen, which I'm sure you probably read that I just wrote, Mark.
0: Yep. It's night
1: and day, NHL to to AHL someone would please explain that to me they're all making a case to be in the lineup including Oscar Steen um so the next man up mentality is going to serve them well going forward especially when they've got so many games to go
0: yeah absolutely and and you know the next man up is a huge thing, um, especially in these times. We got the, you know, the, the taxi squad is back and that's been assembled, but that's more or less a lot of transactions and so on that we keep paying attention to. But still, it's good to have because it's an, it's an effort to not postpone games anymore because the NHL is getting into a very dangerous area when it comes to their scheduling because of that three week loss in February for the Olympics that with the NHL is not going to participate in now. So, um,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I have heard Mark that they might extend the season by one
4: week. Oh, really? <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. C- could I uh, piggyback off of one thing that Dom said <clears throat> that's sure. the, um, you know, him talking about the next man up, you know, when you look at a team like the Tampa Bay lightning back-to-back Stanley cup champions, and it looks like they're primed to go for a third right now, one of the biggest reasons why they've been able to do that is not not only because of their great top six, which the Bruins seemingly can match, it's that next-guy-up mentality that they've been able to fill into their bottom six continuously. And now Boston is starting to see a little bit of that. And don't be surprised when that comes into handy in the playoffs and is a big factor for this team.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and just to add to that, Kevin, they've got some decisions to make when uh when forbert and and Grizzlick and clifton are ready and then up front you've got uh frederick is out uh felino's out uh who am i missing um i think that's it up front yes, yes. so they've got some real decisions to make like i mean how do you take Oscar Steen out of the lineup? You can't.
4: You, you cannot. Same with Bleed. I can't take him out either. Yeah.
1: So what what do you do? I mean, um, the logical choice is to waive Carson Kuhlman, send him down to the AHL. Right. But what do you do on defense?
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, they've got some real tricky decisions that they have to make. I mean, um, you. You can't send them down to the taxi squad because no. if they were on the roster on December 22nd, they're not eligible for the taxi squad. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good info right there.
2: I mean, Forbort you can send to the moon, for my opinion. That's <laughs> S- fine by me. Stop. I don't know,
4: man. He's like, playing really well. He
1: is, and he by far leads the Bruins in PK time on ice.
4: Him and I Carlo together is magic on that PK. Yeah.
2: Fine, he's frustrating though to me. Like, I, I don't know. Something about his game is frustrating to me. The 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 lack of ability to like turn his body in tight situations. To to be honest, it feels a little bit like Zidane Ochara two point Not as talented.
4: Can, can like, I? Can I? Sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No. Your go ahead. I was just say, Can I? Like the reason why he's frustrating probably for the first. You know half of the season before the break and all that, is because he's being played in a situation he honestly never should have been played in.
2: Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, what
0: might be frustrating to some fans, but not this panel right now, is the return of Tuukka Rask, and which is making absolute uh, huge news uh, in the organization and around the league. And uh, comes in um, in his first game against Philly last night, gets a 3-2 to two win. Um, in my honest opinion, I'm a, I'm a beer league goalie hero, beer league only, no, <laughs> no pro, no pro experience. But, uh, you know, he looked very comfortable, very comfortable. And, and, and uh, like he never missed a day. Um, and you cannot blame those two shots that went past him on the goaltender. Uh, the, the first tip out front. Um, you could tell he was tracking that so well, but when it hit the stick and directly went down and it got a uh, fortunate bounce, that's not on him. And the second one, he's going laterally inside the crease there well. He's tracking it good, but not able to get all the way across on the, on the other goal that fortunately went in. So, But the two points is the two points. That's the, what's most valuable in this situation right now. And the way this team is playing, It's almost like this is just a kickstarter for this club to really kind of buy in, dig down deep, and and find out what you have against teams um, higher in in the standings. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of fans that – I mean, I was very high on coming back off of the break and beating the Red Wings and beating Buffalo. And then people would be like, yeah, you got four points out of those two games, but look who you played. And it's like – who cares? It's two points. And they're like, Oh, let me know. Let me know in a week when you, when they play, um, uh, Tampa Bay and they play and, you know, some really good teams and Washington, you know, exactly. I mean, Washington. Tampa. And then on Tuesday, Dom, I came up with the, with the, uh, the, the gif of, um, of what's his name looking, looking for something like, uh, where are these people like, uh, said that, you know, you're not going to have a chance to play against uh, Washington and Tampa Bay with this lineup. And then you end up beating them.
4: Well, doom and gloomers man doom no, and gloomers
0: here yeah exactly there's, <laughs> there's one thing that you guys have probably noticed this
1: is on the internet there are those that will come at you uh, when you when you're wrong about something and those that will predict you're going to be wrong but you don't hear a peep from them when they're the ones that are wrong <laughs> yeah
2: well, I had a guy today. So speaking of two I wrote my I love Tuukka Rask yes. article this morning, uh, as well I do after most Tuukka Rask wins, which is, I know, endlessly obnoxious for certain people. But I had a guy DM me this morning instead of publicly reply to my article and be like, you're such a homer, I can't read your crap. And I was like, great, two things. One, if you'd like to reply to me publicly, I'll respond to this. And uh, two, if you don't want to read my crap quote, don't click on the link. And I'm just like, what, that was a complete and utter waste of my time. He never came back. He's blocked me now, so like I can't even have fun anymore.
4: Yeah. Bye,
0: <laughs> bye, Felicia. <Yeah. laughs>
1: but I, can, can I touch on Rask a, a bit and what you said, Mark? Um, um, I think his movement was really, really good, especially up and down. So we 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 know the hip uh, surgery is working. Uh, his reverse VH, he was great, um, his lateral movement. There was a few times that he overshot in his, in his positioning, uh, moving laterally, but that's just rust. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I, I don't think people have anything to be concerned about. Um, what it I mean, he looked like vintage Tuka Rask on those two breakaways, did he not?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Just yeah, well-positioned. So, well-positioned. You know, I think – I know there's a lot of people up in arms worried about Jeremy Swayman and how he's going to react. You just look at the number of games that uh, these top goalies have played in the AHL. Swayman is going to be fine. The, the, the biggest difference that Tuka Rask gives this team is the confidence – to the players in front of them because they know they have a history with Rask back there, and if it's Swayman or Allmark back there that they don't know really that well, they think, "Well, I better be careful here because I got to protect my goalie." Whereas with Rask, they know what they're getting, and they will take the odd chance when when necessary because they have the confidence in them. Yeah, which
0: which yeah. would. Which kind of um, kind of really dictates to me why Jeremy Swayman didn't get a lot of time in the playoffs last year. Uh, I was I was corrected today by uh, Mr. Kevin O'Keefe about uh, Jeremy Swayman getting playoff time. I said he didn't get any time at all, but I guess he came in in relief. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, just David. a single period, I believe. Yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> so you know it, it's it's. It is a trust factor. It's like a family. It's a bond and so on. And I know Jeremy Swaymans is a part of that. And he's a big part of that. And he's going to be a huge part of this future in in net. But my thing is, it's just, you know, he's still... He's still young. I'm, I'm still going to go to the narrative of Carter Hart every time we have this conversation. And look at his game. Look what Carter Hart did last night. I didn't think he looked very good at all. But that no. might be that might be because of a system that was rushed to get him involved. <clears throat> that was a, I, I believe that um, uh, Ron Hextall was correct in in saying no. He needs more time. When yeah. the owner said no, we need to get him up, and the conflict happened and then see you later on Hextel. If Hextel but,
1: was still GM of that team, who here thinks uh, Carter Hart would have started uh, what he did in the NHL?
4: I don't think he, I don't think he would have at all. No, no hands raised. Right.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> the one thing I want to say on the, the Swayman-Rask thing, because obviously I, I think if people listen to this, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of my tweets sent back to me. So I feel like I need to address this head on, which is yes i'm absolutely in love with jeremy swayman yes i want to see him in the nhl just because i think it's incredibly entertaining i think his personality is great and i'm a hockey east fan so jeremy swayman will have my heart forever um but he's in the right spot for him right now in terms of career development in terms of his his long-term potential and to complain about having somebody like Tuca Rask replace Swayman and net right now is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that (laughs) is just a straight-up bad take.
1: And, like, I don't call
2: people out on many of those because it's usually me. So, like, that's just a straight-up bad take.
1: But, Andrew, there have been a lot of Tuka Rask haters over the years, and that's...
2: It's true. It's why I make a point of being a Tuka Rask lover to some extent. Because it really pisses them off for no reason. (laughs) Let me ask
1: you guys this who's surprised at the contract i'm not
2: i'm a little surprised it was that low
1: mark and i are because we <laughs> yeah. did a
2: podcast what was it last week
0: with uh, yeah, brett was, harrison yeah it was the uh we we interviewed uh Boston bruins third round prospect brett harrison and and right before uh we recorded or shortly after don was talking to me he's like hey he's like it uh, He's like, I think Rask is going to happen. I'm getting some information about it. And I said, well, what do you think about the money? I mean, it, it, he's not going to come back for $7 million. Don Sweeney would be dumb to do that. Right. And we would think, I, I was thinking, yeah, wait, well, maybe, maybe 2000000 million I'm here. And so on. Dom's just like, watch it be a million.
2: <laughs> that's crazy. You know I, what I mean? <laughs> honestly, like, that's the other part I don't understand. You have Tuka Rask for a million dollars in your net. Yeah. Even if you're a Tuca Rask hater, how do you hate a million-dollar goalie with his stats?
1: Yeah. You you know what it is, Andrew? Is people are worried about the cap. And I'll tell you what. They just don't understand the cap. Because I I wrote about it yesterday. The net difference on trade deadline day between what Rask is costing them the rest of the year and what they save on Jeremy Swayman is $40,000. Yep. That's it. Peanuts. Mark can reach into his pocket right now and pull that out in petty chain.
2: Oh, man, Mark, we're going to talk after this
0: call. (laughs) (laughs) That was for proprietary information, my friend. You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) Sorry, man. You
4: you know, and another another thing, you know, on the Rask, the anti-Rask people, too, is one of their biggest gripes with him. Is not that they think he's a horrible goaltender. It's that they think he's not a clutch goaltender. They think that a team award in a Stanley Cup that takes an entire team to win is solely on a goaltender's shoulders. And if he's not there getting a shutout or doing everything he can to stop every puck possible, including growing another leg, you know, then he sucks. He's a choker and he's horrible. And I'm sorry to, you know let all you fans who think this way know this, but it is a team sport. It takes every single one of them from the defense in front of them to the forwards who are putting the puck in the net. It takes everyone to win the Stanley cup. And it, unfortunately that team in 19 did not show up. None no, of them.
1: They did not. And I mean, the Marsha and at the, towards the end of the first period, people don't talk about that. Of course not. But to, to add to that, Kevin, um, when Tukarask left the bubble, okay, fans <laughs> hated that. They wanted him gone. But I will tell you, without naming names, there is one person in Bruins' upper management that said, that's it. He's done. Wow. Wow. And this is upper, upper management. So um, they wanted, I mean, they almost traded him in 2015 at the draft. It's, they were getting so much flack uh, from trading uh, Lucic and um, Hamilton Hamilton, that uh, Don Sweetie was like, oh, we better hold on here. Because they were talking. There were there were deals going back and forth. Because they had Martin Jones at the time. Yeah. Thought, Jones could run as their number one. Let's
2: see what we can get for us. <laughs> So so that's a that's a great question. So so here's the thing. One thing to the two haters, the one thing I will give them is game six of the twenty thirteen Stanley Cup finals.
4: I won't. I
2: will I, I won't will either I will give them one of those two goals.
4: I won't. Weren't they both deflections? Um
2: Yeah, I believe they were both deflections, but I believe one of them had he been in the correct position. potentially would have stopped
4: imagine if the team could have cleared the puck out of the zone okay again
2: i'm trying to be i'm trying to be the middle ground here
4: don't screw being the middle ground we're not middle ground here (laughs)
2: listen i i I hear you but i'm gonna give them that for a second now here's the thing he's still statistically career-wise your best goaltender in bruins history he is by far giving you chances to win in situations you shouldn't have been in games. So you can't pin even a loss on him. Even if it was, even if you're going to argue it was game six, the fact that they were in game six had to do with him. So I don't, I don't give you him losing the cup to that. I give you maybe that, that one game, maybe, and I'm still hesitant on that. But I will
1: counter that though. Andrew. Okay. Um, Every goal scored in the NHL is caused by a mistake. True. Somewhere on the ice, yep. very rarely is it the goalie. Correct. But we always point at the goalie.
2: Correct. You're so absolutely you, right.
1: You break down those two goals against Chicago, you could find two or three different mistakes where mm-hmm. it, it
2: wouldn't have even come to rask. True. Okay. Very but, true. And again, I don't I, I, don't personally blame Rask for 2013, but that's the argument I hear. Yeah.
4: Okay. Another thing to tell these guys, too, is, okay, let's say they won that game. You're not yeah, winning game seven. game 7. You're right? not winning Game 7. Bergeron had one lung. <laughs> yeah. um, he, the team was just not going to do it in Game Agreed. 7. And if they Agreed. did, then, okay, you know, if that happened, awesome. I mean, I'm thrilled. I'm a Bruins fan. I'm pumped about it, but, I mean... I'm 99.9% sure they weren't winning that game. In so.
2: 2019, I blame on me because I went out of my way to purchase the ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals and me being there was just a bad plan. I told my whole family at the time that it was a bad plan and it just happened. I knew well, I it happened.
1: I was tweeting about that too, <laughs> that you <laughs> took the blame for that.
2: Yes. Yes. yes.
4: Yep. So, so there you go, Rask haters. You don't need to be Rask haters anymore. You can be Andrew Taverna haters. Yeah, well, there you go.
2: I have two rules. You have to have a profile picture and you have to have a real name if you want to be a hater. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> all
4: right,
2: now
0: now I have to jump in here with some uh, some story time. So that year, which Andrew did that that, I went out and bought those uh, beer mugs, the Stanley Cups, and then game after I believe game one when the Bruins were they they won that first one against St. Louis, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think so. uh, yeah, they won game so, one, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. so we were all excited and we were drinking out of it. And uh, yeah, so when it all melted down and so on, I'm like, Courtney, I'm like, do you think that that might have had yes. something to do with that?
2: Yes, it is your fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so kevin
1: we can blame andrew and mark
4: there you go there you go
1: i'm not taking
2: any blame
4: nope i didn't do anything out of the ordinary so i'm not i i've got i got nothing there you
2: are out of the ordinary
0: thank you i appreciate
4: that
2: to circle
0: back on the whole goaltending thing with the addition of tuka rask and and, and unfortunate that a player like jeremy swainman does have to go down but um, a lot of folks just don't understand the process that that's going on here. And, and, and Andrew, I'm not, I'm not pointing at you. I'm not jabbing you at all. I know that, you know, and you understand, but it's just hard for you to see somebody that you have really high hopes on, you know, going, I totally get it, but this is not a bad thing. I mean, goaltenders generally really get going in their careers in the 26, 27, 28 range one of the main one of the main reasons why All Mike was so attractive was because th- that is when goaltenders really get hot. So we might, you know, might have Don Tweeney might have found something a diamond in the rough with this one. But it was more or less an insurance policy. Oh, it was going on to Garask and and the hip surgery? But the whole Swayman thing, and I <clears throat> I totally understand it from a fan's point of view. He's he's you know really good player, promising player, and so on, and, and deserves NHL time. I'm not going to d- deny that. But the way his entry-level contract is structured, and with him going down and playing games on the regular and not being the third wheel, which I believe the third wheel should be a veteran goaltender like Grosnick or even Kaiser come up and get some of that experience and, and practice. But a guy like, like Swayman needs to be playing all the time. And I really hope that after tonight's game, I have a chance to talk to Ryan Mugia now about the um, the um, transition for Swayman down there and how he's taking it, and how you know, because I, I I know for a fact that he's going to take this very positive. The conversation with him and Don Sweeney in that office when he when when the stare down happened, I totally get that. It's it's it, that's business and that's that's the youth player, but i think that it's not going to hinder his development like so many people are saying and this and uh that that he's going to be the next one to ask for a trade because he's on an entry level deal and he went to the ahl which happens so many times it's just kind of crazy how everybody is just kind of jumping you know firing from the hip on this one thinking that we're going to lose him for something so i i just don't think that that's going to happen but this I just want to point out that this is a good thing. It's our future and goal right now. So let's be patient. Like Dom said early, you know, teams that just have to be patient with their prospects these days and and it's paying dividends like we're seeing with Nine and you know, and we're going to see with Swayman sooner or later. And he yeah. will be back,
1: guys. <clears throat> he will be play. He will play games in the NHL this year, especially when they've got to play three games
4: in four nights. Yeah. You know, in Tuukka Rask, he went up and down between Providence and Boston. I don't know how many times, a ten lot of times. times. There you go, ten times. Ten and times. he turned out pretty fine. But yet, the Raskators would probably be, say, "Well, yeah, I mean, that's how he became a choker, and his mentality got all messed up because he went yeah. back and forth, and now the same's going to happen to Swayman. Wait for it. <laughs> or I just started something. Yeah, new. I was going we'll to say. <laughs> out of my sarcasm, I started something new.
2: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you gave them that one, my friend. I'm sorry. Like, I have and I'll not just heard laugh that at a single time until you just said that, and now I now I'm really unhappy with you.
0: Uh,
4: I'll just no, laugh at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, because Mark,
1: Christmas, I... wo- Christmas was a few weeks ago. You don't give out gifts like that. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Right. I I just gave them not only ammo but an entire just crate of rockets Literally
2: a well-formulated argument which shouldn't be no it's thing not. that can that can happen there but it's no, not a
4: well-formulated argument the, the thing no, i was going to say is, is listen
2: i am i am part of mark's new shiny toy crew or whatever he calls it listen i am i am a big like i said i'm a big Swayman fan i watched him a ton in maine i think i explicitly said it on the last podcast i was on with mark ready he saw more rubber than a condom factory in Maine, and I think he handled all of yeah. it really well. I, I just, it. it's not hard to argue that more time in Providence is good for him. Goalies take longer to develop. That is a yep. thing. Yep.
1: Goalies, then defensemen, then yep. centermen, and lastly, wingers. Yep. Yep. In that order. I, you know, just, his, you know, you want to talk about his attitude. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Mark, but I think it was Mark Diver that tweeted out the picture of the three Mainers yep. at Center Ice in Providence.
0: J.D. Greenway, somebody, Edwards Trailmarks, and uh, Jeremy Swimman. Yeah, so somebody
1: went skating over and he jokingly said, get out of here, Or said, you know. It, it was all in fun and all in jest. Yeah. and Like, nobody can tell me that the attitude is wrong.
0: It, it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another topic that seems to be gaining a ton of traction is the All-Star game coming up here uh, pretty soon. And the voting is uh, or has been going on. And um, Patrice Bergeron is going to represent the Boston Bruins, and fittingly so. Um, I think this is going to be a tremendous opportunity for him and his family. Um, who knows, possibly – the last one we see I don't know I hope not I hope he's got enough in him to go another year I don't know if our friend Dom has any information on uh, Patrice Bergeron and coming back tour
4: nothing Bergeron's nothing. probably so tight-lipped on that
3: yeah, yeah no it's
1: like I I don't I don't even know his agent to to <laughs> talk to him like I mean I could talk to a lot of agents but not Bergies and uh, even if I did, he'd probably say, "Shut up, Dom. I'm not telling you." <laughs> you know. So, but uh,
0: one but... player that's not on the roster or the ballot is uh, Brad Marchand, and I wanted to touch on this um, more or less. Is you know, it is what it is. If you know, if he didn't want to go anyway, that's it, it, you know, that's uh, that's up to him. But um, him not being on there as one of the elite left wingers in the league. Um, kind of speaks volumes for me, and and I'm kind of wondering if this is kind of like a snub from the NHL for what he said about the Olympic. Curious about your thoughts, everybody. Let's go around the horn, starting with Andrew. On, um, do
2: you think Marshane got snubbed for what he's been saying? And you know, so there's two things. I don't actually truly understand how the fan vote works. If the NHL is dictating the vote anyways i i think somebody would need to explain that to me a little bit more but i do think that martian has taken a pretty hard line against the league at this point my understanding of the situation is that teams were asked to make sure that the people who were put up essentially would actually go and that they want to avoid the one game suspension that ovechkin has historically served right like I think that was part of the conversation, but I I guess I don't know the answer to that. My gut instinct would say, yeah, I mean, Marchand probably pissed them off, but I also don't understand then how the fan vote gets involved. If like the NHL can be like, nah, no. Right. Like what's, what's the point? I I guess I, I don't know the answer to your question Mark, but it's, it's baffling to me that Marchand's not at the all-star game. Cause not to be like, You know, hot take Andrew over here, which I feel like I am tonight, but like Marshan should be there over Bergeron right now, just at this point. Agree,
4: agree. At this point
2: in their career and what they're doing, like just that's, I I don't know. (laughs)
4: Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Um, So I'm not going to reiterate everything Andrew just said because I have like the same thoughts. Um, Instead, I'm going to throw a different thought out there. Um, With the All Star game, what you see is uh, players like Sidney Crosby he doesn't want to be a part of it. Um, you know, Ovechkin, there's been times where he hasn't want to be a part of it. And I'm sure there's other players out there as well who think to themselves, I don't really want to be a part of this. I'm in the season. I'm geared towards the season. I want to make sure that I'm giving everything in my all to the season and not worrying about an all-star game. Well, what if you were to, instead of doing the all-star game in the middle of the season, in January, February time, why not put it, in the week before the Stanley cup finals and every player who was not a part of the Stanley cup finals is, you know, can be a part of this as long as they are invited to kind of like the NFL. I was going to
2: say, are you pro bowling this? Cause yes, I'm absolutely pro
4: bowling this. And it's just, it makes so much more sense because then you'd have a player like Sidney Crosby, who maybe he's not in the Stanley cup finals, most likely, you know, be like, yeah, okay, I'll be a part of this. And that's huge for the league. You know, having a guy like Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin and Marshan and other players being on board with your all-star game and your skills competition.
0: Not only that, Kevin, I just want to dovetail on what you're talking about, but it also, uh, like, for instance, you said Sidney Crosby, uh, and he accepts to play in that game, but he's also knowing in the back of his mind that if he happens to pull a hamstring during that game, you have the whole off season to recover. It's That's the exact like, reason. Yeah, it's not like you're going and you're doing it mid-season and so on, getting ready for a playoff run and play, and participate in these games and have something unfortunate happen to you, and now you're a piece that probably won't be on a run on a certain
4: contending team. It makes total sense, you know? Yeah, and yeah. in, in the games themselves, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, they're boring. I mean, there's zero hitting, which understandably so. I understand why there's no hitting, because you don't want your... Players injured for the actual season. But say if you were to put it at the end of the season where, you know, there's this whole offseason, I'm not saying you're going to go out there and kill each other, but you can still, you know, you can bump the bodies a little bit in the game and make it more interesting, you know, instead of seeing what we see, which is boring. Right.
1: Be- before I give you my opinion on Marshan, let me just touch on what Kevin said. I like to go back to what the All Star game originally was and that's the stanley cup champion versus the all-stars that's awesome if you wanted to it now here's how you make it interesting if you really wanted four teams then you have the the two the stanley cup finalists play the all-star team within their own conference okay and then the winners matchup for the all-star championship. Imagine uh, Boston playing St. Louis in the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup final and losing and then Ugh, meeting don't them have in, to. in the I've all-star game and kicking their ass. <laughs> that be awesome. Talk about adding excitement. Dumb. Have right. you thought
2: about working for the league? Because there's nobody over there that can grow the game, and they could really use your help. <laughs> uh
1: Yeah, I've been offered a few jobs within the NHL, and I always turned them down. So, <laughs> but here's here's my take on on Marsha and I think it was Kevin that mentioned, or maybe no, I think it was. I Andrew. think it was
4: probably Andrew. Yeah,
1: yeah, that. Uh, Marshan probably decided that uh, he wasn't going to play and he let it be known. Uh, because it isn't the league that picks who goes in it. I believe it's the general managers. So I don't think he's blacklisted by by the league. I think Marchand knew this was Bergeron's last... Because Andrew said uh, Marchand should be there before Bergeron. I would say McAvoy should be there before Bergeron as well. True. And that these two said, "Look, let's send bergie It could be his last kick at the can. We'll take our chance in the fan voting as the what do they call it? The last last man, man. Last man in. Yeah. No. Uh, and they'll take their because let's face it, McAvoy's got years ahead of All Star games coming up. What's this one mean to him? Or right, right. same with Marchand. He's got a couple of more in him." Yeah, oh I think it was sure. a, res- a respect thing from Bergy saying, "No, yeah. we're going to back out. Let Berge, uh
0: represent the Bruins." The whole All Star game for me nowadays has just kind of been ruined, and and I don't mean to be the the old man that yells at Cloud with the new <laughs> the new style of the. But uh, you are, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah. Go shut your <laughs> face, <off laughs> Andrew. Um, but, you know, the uh, the three-on-three tournaments are, are fun and so on, and, and it, it really exposes the creativity that the player has and a lot of fans want to see at these particular festivities. But I still like the idea of keeping it to, you know, the regular structured game of, uh, you know, six six uh, players on the ice playing a regular structured game. No, you know, you're not hitting each other and so on. Show that creativity. Um in tighter ice much like a regular game situation you know you know you can, if you can show those types of skills um with two or three guys coming at you on a regular basis then you should be able to do that with two or three guys kind of lackadaisical hanging out by your side in an all-star game environment um i just think that the games just uh kind of change a little bit when it comes to that particular moment in in, in the uh regular season i could do i could seriously do without the all-star game but i do understand that it is a revenue draw you know to each city that it goes to and so is on. it
2: I, I mean it is yes okay sorry that sarcasm was a little too far like yes it's a revenue draw i guess my complaint is for something that should grow the game right which is what the nhl swears is their objective it doesn't do enough to do that and well, that's the shame
4: the, the skill cool. comp sucks now too yeah
0: it's
2: like
4: go you back to the form.
0: Don't, don't deal with technology and lights and so on.
4: you got Ovechkin running around in furry caps and doing backflips to try to score a breakaway when I just want to see an actual fun breakaway competition yeah. Yeah. instead of whatever the hell they decided is boring. Now, you know,
1: Kevin, you know the last All-Star game I watched? Which one? I, I never missed the skills competition, but the last game I watched, Ray Bork, game-winning goal in Boston, MVP. That's nice. the last All-Star game I watched yeah,
4: at the Fleet love Center. It.
1: Can
2: we give a the shout good old out Fleet to Center. Bruce real quick? I know it's not like Bruce's ad or whatever, but I just want to give a a quick shout out to him. I bought two Ray Bork items from him, autographed and and for folks who who know me like Ray Bork is what grew my love of this game. I just I, they're they're sitting back here right now waiting to be framed, but like I am over the moon excited about that. So I just thought I'd give, give Bruce a quick. Uh, he's,
4: he, he's great. I just got a Sean Thornton signed one from him as well. He's, yeah. he's awesome.
1: What yeah. you're talking about, who drew you to the Bruins? I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. What? When, when they won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> then a kid named Bobby Orr went to Boston, and that was it.
4: Thank, Thank God. That's
1: how, long, yeah. that's how long I've been around. Another
4: reason to love Bobby Orr. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) All
0: right. um, Why don't we take a quick break and actually hear from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Uh, He's got some awesome stuff um, that um, actually I have right here. This is a Don Marcotte hand-signed jersey that we're going to give away in February. Uh, We're doing a Terry O'Reilly this month, so... uh, He's got some fantastic stuff like that, hand-signed pictures, pucks, um, and and he deals with all sports in Boston, not just the Boston Bruins. So uh, listen to this commercial, and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
3: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We are pleased to announce our recent signing Wednesday, January 5th with Bruins legendary Hall of Famer, five-time Norris Trophy winner, and 19-time All-Star Raymond Bork. We have autographed JSA-authenticated memorabilia including jerseys starting at just 139 minis for 119 pucks and photos for just $59. On January 30th, we have a private signing with miracle on ice 1980 olympic hockey legend dave silk and looking ahead we have big bad bruins stan jonathan john wensink and mike milbury and we will have great autographed items by these big bad boys from boston don't forget we accept send in items for all of our autographed guests for more information on our dozens of bruins hand signed pieces And your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go!
0: Hey guys we're back we just heard from the awesome bruce sullivan from boston sports and music memorabilia he's got fantastic stuff as i always freaking say and you need to spice up your fan cave you need more black and gold everywhere buy stuff from bruce andrew's done it uh kevin's done it i've done it i'm sure dom's gonna do it so let's get on it and uh and support him all day long um coming back in hot and uh, I'm going to give this one to Dom because Dom's got some information that he shared with us in that pre-show discussion. And he said he wants to talk about it. So, Dom, you have the floor. Good, sir.
1: Okay. We're going to talk a little. JDB, Jake DeBrusque. Um, we all know there's a lot of rumors out there. As many as a, a dozen teams were were interested uh, or had shown interest. Um I came out and I mentioned four teams that I knew for sure. And Mark, you know, I know people with these teams. Yep. Uh, The St. Louis Blues uh, were interested. They became disinterested when they went through their COVID uh, protocol uh, injuries and couldn't make the cap work no matter what they tried. Uh, So they became out. Uh, and really, with the way they're playing, why mess with anything right at, yeah. at this point of the season? Maybe trade deadline, who knows? Um, uh, the New-, New Jersey Devils, uh, which I haven't heard anything about in the last couple of weeks, and the Chicago Blackhawks, who are in, out, and now back in. Um, there's a lot of talk among Bruins fans, when I mentioned Chicago, um, uh, that Dylan Strome would be the one that had, would be coming back It's no, 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 it's like, well, they need to to make the cap work. No, they don't. Uh, Chicago is at about $2.5 million in anybody watching just check cap friendly. I don't have it in front of me, but they've got $2.5 million in long term injury reserve space left. Um Debrusque is going to cost uh 3.6 minus whatever he's played this year. They can fit him in. I think Chicago Warriors wants to work out a deal where it involves a draft pick. Now they're not giving up as their first for Jake Debrusque. Um a second might do it. Uh but it's not going to help Boston this year, and frankly, where is it going to fit in if you want to keep Steen in the in the on the roster? Now, the new team, which I heard yesterday that are interested, is the Minnesota Wild. Okay, now the Wild—they've got a bunch of wingers. Uh, they really don't have a lot of depth in in the event something happens. Um, and I don't think they really want to pay Jake DeBrusk $4.1 million qualifying uh, offer next year. So I think their path of, of, to Jake DeBrusk is purely as a rental, not as somebody that they're <coughs> going to keep uh, beyond this season.
2: Hmm.
0: That's interesting.
2: That's really interesting.
0: So if you're looking at the Minnesota wild roster and you had to speculate Dom, what player do you could you see the cap working for? Um,
1: hold on, Please while say Greenway. I...
0: Please say Greenway. Please say Greenway.
2: You yeah. want two Greenways, Mark?
1: Don't think they're going away... <clears throat> no. to give away. I don't think they're going to give
0: away Greenway. I know. I had to try. <laughs> <Where are>
2: you? <laughs> you had to. You had to try and will it into existence. Yes, Holy right.
1: cow! They got a lot of cap. They've got. They're they're fine they they got 2.3 million dollars in cap space right now they could easily fit jake bruskin uh who i think at this point of the season we're almost halfway through in terms of days not games played so jake is going to cost about 2.1 million dollars towards the cap for the remainder of the season so they can fit him in outright Now, whether it's a draft pick or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to be a a roster player. So if you get a couple of teams bidding draft picks, like obviously Chicago's draft pick would be much better for Boston than Minnesota's draft pick. But what if Minnesota came back and said, okay, we'll give you a second and a fourth, as opposed to Chicago's second? Well,
2: so I have a question Bad. for you, Bad. Kevin, maybe, right? I think this is going to be right up your alley with, with some of the stuff you've talked about. <clears throat> so obviously draft picks are helpful. I'm, I'm not sure that Bruins fans listening are going to be in love with Don Sweeney having more draft picks. Whether or not that's warranted, so I think we be. could we could debate. Um, But my question is, do the Bruins need draft picks or a roster player out of DeBrusque more? Not what they're going to get, but what do they need more as a franchise?
4: I, I would go with the draft pick because that gives you more cap space to turn around and play with at the deadline. You know, and you can get yourself, a, you know, if you can get yourself a second-round pick, like Dom saying, possibly could happen. Um, maybe with a fourth attached to it, or maybe even a fifth. I mean, look what Minnesota did with our fifth-round pick. So, hey, you never know, <laughs> you know. So pretty, I'd pretty say –
0: uh, pick yeah, there, but yeah. It's a
1: really good draft. It's a really good draft, Kevin.
4: Really, it is a very really good, good draft. draft. Huge draft. And then uh, 2023 is supposed to be another good one, too. So. Even better.
1: 2023 yep. is even better.
4: So it, it, I think if you can get a second-round pick with Jake DeBrusque, I think you're doing backflips i take oh. it and run
1: <laughs> unless unless he was part of a bigger deal I, I i know everybody wants a second line center but go back to what andrew said at the beginning work in pairs Plug in, <clears throat> uh, hall is working just fine yep with with hall and um pasternak yes no need to go spend big money and assets oh. on the second line center Fix that left side D. Yes. Bring in a guy who can eat 18, 19, 20 minutes a night and kill penalties.
2: Yes. Close out
1: the, close out the last minute of a, of a game on a one. I mean, who was out on the ice last night protecting a one-goal lead? <laughs>
4: I can't. Vacaninen, wasn't he?
1: Vakaninen and, and uh, Carlo, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay, but are you are are you gonna trust that in no. the playoffs? No, no, no. Kevin, Dom, I think we need to go get some Dom tattoos right after this, yeah, right after this episode, because the, yes, the Dom. <laughs> can I
1: just? Thing they could have done is when and Nashville was seriously shopping him at the time was Matias Echol. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: going to give Kevin a kickstand over
4: here. You're my, new guy. you're my new best friend. That's all I can say. I, Kevin,
1: I, another guy I would love to have, and I mean, I've been pumping to Bruins fans for the last two years, is uh, Rasmus Anderson out of Calgary.
4: Hmm. That's, That's a name I haven't thought of. Um, I haven't
1: thought of that name. I mean, I watched him a lot in the OHL, and uh, I, I, lo- I love the kid. And, you know, he's doing great in Calgary. He's a two-way two-way guy too, and he can eat big minutes.
2: Honestly, it, uh, honestly, and this is going to sound like really smart-ass-ish, which nobody will be surprised me, him. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I literally will take any upgrade at this point on the D. Like, I, I listen. I think it's been impressive what they've done the last eight games, <clears throat> but you can't tell me come playoff time that these are the guys you want to see taking the ice, like. They've been great, but I'd still rather something a little more proven come the playoffs. Right. Well,
1: I mean, they could they could go to and I know Kevin's going to talk about Klingberg in uh, in a minute. They, they could go the Tampa model and except opposite side where Tampa's strong on the left side and they throw any Joe Schmo on the right side and it seems to work. Whereas Boston is strong on the right side, and you can throw any Joe Schmo on the left side except the third pair. If they had that third pair right side guy, then, yeah, okay, you could do what Tampa's doing. And uh, that's a perfect segue for Kevin to get it here on Klingberg.
4: Well, that's interesting that you said that because, to be honest, I never thought of Tampa's defense like that. Um, being very, very strong, one-sided, and then not as strong, obviously, on the other side. I never really thought that. I, I I've always felt like they were so strong everywhere in that defense. But and maybe it's, and
1: you it's know just it's a copycat league,
4: Kevin. You know, maybe it's a mirage for for Tampa's defense. They're so strong on one side that they're able to take anyone. Kind of like how McAvoy is able to take you know, really anyone and yeah. kind of allow that to work. That's interesting. Cause what I was about to go into is how we do not need John Klingberg be, oh, know, okay. because of the fact that I would rather get a left shot. I'm going to stay with that stance and say, I still would rather them get a left shot, but would I be angry if they went out and got Klingberg? Absolutely not. He's a good player and he would help this defense. But if I had a choice, I would want a left shot guy. I don't see them getting a guy like Chitron. I don't see that happening. Uh, it's going to cost way too much, even though he's a young player with a good cap hit and would make sense for the team. I just don't see Don Sweeney wanting to give up a first um, or any other really crazy asset at this moment. Um, but Klingberg, he could he could garner a similar package. I mean, you got to think a first-round pick is going the other way, right? Yeah.
1: Um somebody will pay that kevin i'm not sure that the bruins would pay that right Uh, um especially for a guy who's going to be a a rental because uh you know i everybody's throwing numbers out there he's looking for eight eight and a half million a year so um you know you end up then being the maple leafs only on defense Mm -hmm. uh you know where you're paying to i when when they first come out with the cap back in 2005. yep i was one of the first people out there to break the cap down and suggest you have to work in percentages x percentage goes towards your forwards x percentage towards your defensemen, and x towards your goalies and then you know by you know a few years ago Cap friendly started breaking it down like that, and everybody's talking about it now. So uh, I, I just don't think you can pay two defensemen nine million dollars uh average Agreed. between between two
4: of them. It just Absolutely. You just weaken your front. And I, I think that's why Chitron would be such a good get for this team because for the next few years he's making four point one towards the books.
2: So here's the thing about him. So so here's the question. That I've heard lots of fans ask, and I'm, I'm actually not sure I get that angry when I hear it. But you're you're saying right, you'd have to give up the first, for Chitron? Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, yeah, you're you're giving that up if you if you even have a high enough first round pick to entice somebody out that out of and, that gate,
0: right? Andrew, Andrew, they're even talking about it could be a 2022 first and a 2023 first.
2: <sighs> okay, so 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 mm. hear me out still though. Because I think you're going to have some fan base say, some, some small portion of the fan base, complain about Don Sweeney's drafting ability and say that they're willing to pay it.
4: Yeah, of course.
2: I'm not saying that I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, what is the maximum you're willing to pay to bring back that contract? Uh, I mean... <sighs> I'm not saying you can. I'm saying what's the max you would...
4: The Somebody Mets. else is going
2: to outbid you, but what's okay. the max the Boston Bruins put on the table for that for that player? So,
4: so what do I think Don Sweeney would yes. do as an offer? Yes, I'm guessing he would go with probably two second round picks, and then you're looking at LaSalle, um, probably Mason Lauri, oh. um,
2: you're sorry, so a, you're, a
4: you're probably okay, looking at something gone. like that. If you not give it is a lot, and they're going to command a lot. I mean, I I think Merrick was the one who came out and said, let me know if I'm wrong, that the asking price was a first round pick, a high end, um, a high I end pick. draft pick. I mean, sorry, a high end uh, prospect roster. and a, um, a roster, young roster player. Yeah,
0: yeah you're correct. Merrick and that.
4: if that's if that's the case, you're looking at a first round pick. You're looking at LaSalle, and you're looking at probably Carlo. I don't think DeBrusque would get it done.
2: No, no, I'm not saying DeBrusque no, would get it but, done.
1: But, Kevin, they do have to take salary back because they've got, I think, five guys signed for next year and they have to reach the floor.
4: Right, right. So maybe you're looking at two players as opposed to just one. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, uh, yeah, they they have to find salary somewhere. Right. Because, so, um, you know... I, I don't know what it's going to cost, but everybody's my witness now. If the Bruins get Jacob Chikrit, Kevin, this is for you because you want him. I have a Sarnia Sting jersey signed by him and all of his teammates in his last year in Sarnia. And if the Bruins end up with Jacob Chikrit, I will message you. You send me your address and I will send
4: it to you. (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Wow. <laughs> All right, Don. It. Let's go.
4: Let's go, Don.
1: <laughs> I I just... Jacob Chikrin, A, because he's a good hockey player, B, um, the contract for, yeah. what is it, Mark? Two more years? Three.
4: Three, Three. Three, Three. more years
1: after this That's one.
0: why the asking price is so high right
4: That's now.
1: That's why the asking price is so high. Justifiably so. A year, yeah, just the contract and alone is worth a first round pick mm-hmm. yeah now add in the type of player he is you know i and i just don't a i don't think donnie sweden will do it and b i don't think the bruins can afford to do it because Correct. as kevin said i want the draft picks and as bad as 2015 was uh you know 2021 was a great <clears throat> i Mark knows how much I love Brett Harrison. Brett Harrison, love him, is a second, f- first round pick.
2: Yes,
4: because Absolutely.
1: if the OHL season was not canceled, he would have been a late first round pick. Uh
2: um I'd go as far as the it, other it, kid it,
1: in Sweden, Oscar Yelvic. Oh yeah, love yeah. the kid. Yep. Yeah. Man, going to Boston College next year. Yep. Or bought BU. I can't remember. I get one the of them. Kids. I think it's BC.
0: I think it's <laughs> gonna,
4: yeah, yeah, he's gonna I'm play Canadian, with the, uh, so I'm allowed
1: to, to mix them up. So, <laughs> uh,
4: uh, yeah, I just remember being so excited I'm, about I'm that I'm from draft.
2: Boston, and I'm still allowed to mix them up because what the hell's the difference? It's the bean pot, no? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, you know, so
1: I'm I'm not worried, and I think it was you and I that talked about it long ago, Mark. What I thought of the of the drafting um, the Bruins uh, scouts i hate naming his name because people are gonna jump on me but Don't do it i time, think Tom. i think don sweeney put too much faith in pj axelson and pj axelson had a lot of sway and a, a lot of pull uh, you know over the years but last year lysel it wasn't just axelson as i i mean um everybody was on board with, with Lysel being a pick, so it wasn't Axelson, but when they picked Harrison, you could tell hey, they're moving away from PJ, they're starting to listen to everybody They're li- even when you look at Lang and Bruner, Ryan Nadeau uh, having, having more, well, he's the head of scouting now, but I think Don Sweeney just put too much faith into PJ Axelson. And last year, we saw the trend change. And it was more of a uh, it, it was cohesive, but it was a group thing as well. Yeah. It wasn't just hey, you know, I know this guy, Bob Weddick, um, who I love the OHL Scout um, was was a scout with the Scout was with the North Bay Battalion for years before the Bruins lured him away. But he didn't have the trust. Nobody knew who he was in Boston, so his word didn't mean anything. Um, that's,
0: one, that's one thing I really liked about this draft, Dom, is, is the, uh, the coverage that they did worldwide. And it's g- yeah. great to have prospects like Ryan Mast and Brett Harrison. And, and even though he wasn't drafted um, out of the WHL, WHL, yeah, uh, from the Vancouver Giants, Fabian LaSalle, there's now a Canadian Hockey League presence back again that we haven't really seen since a lot of that 2015 draft. It's been included, a long time. Yeah. Jesse it's been Ganey a long, long time. Yeah. yeah.
4: You know, like, so. I love but me Andrew, some PJs
2: for PJ, but it's been a long time since we've had another voice in the room. Yeah.
4: And, and Dom, uh, to, to touch back on Harrison real quick, do you see him having a higher ceiling than Studnicka? Yes. I agree. One hundred percent agree.
1: There, that's a let tough me, well, Let me let me put it this way. Um, I think Brett Harrison has the higher offensive ability. The kid can shoot. I like, Mark knows. I asked him straight out. Are you? Yeah. Because people ask me to explain. Are you a shooter or a passer? And I say, well, you're both, Brett. It depends on who you're playing with. Give me your thoughts and. He agreed, right, Mark? Oh yeah. I, I think Harrison has the higher offensive ability. I think Stenica will be the better two-way player. Okay.
0: And Brett, Brett was telling me on the interview that Dom and I had with him that uh, he's a big fan of coming off the cycle and having somebody drop past yeah. and just unload a can and like up the top of the circle. He has a wicked or, shot. Yeah, or even wicked closer shot. to the hash marks, man. Just so a, I listened oh. to that
2: episode, but I think and, and this may sway me slightly in in my opinion here, but I think Harrison could be the highest value pick out of like Lysel was drafted approximately where I think he should have been. Right. I think Harrison could potentially be the, the highest upside pick out of that draft. Like you got him in the Best Third position <clears throat> for how much he's going to return. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I think you but guys. Andrew, get what I'm going I, to say.
1: I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt because I know just about every OHL general manager uh, that there is, yeah. and I can pick up the phone and call them at any time, and they all said to me, "He's the steal of the draft."
4: Yeah, I mean, wasn't he one of three players who were um, allowed into the league early? And he had, like, how many no, goals? No he, no,
0: he didn't have uh, the um, yeah, what do you call uh, exceptional. exceptional status. Okay, yeah,
4: but I think yeah. the year that he came in, his rookie year, I think he was up there in scoring uh, yeah, with Shane Wright.
1: He was third uh, with, I think it was 22 goals in his rookie season, which yeah. is amazing in the
4: OHL. And, and that was up there with Shane Wright, and I forget the other name. Um. um I'd,
0: ha- I'd have to look it
3: up. Yeah, I'd have
4: to too, but I, Shane Wright's the one that stands out, obviously.
3: Touching yeah. back
0: on what Andrew was saying about Lysel, let me tell you something, and I think you know this already, Andrew, and I know Dom know this, and I believe Keith, uh, Kevin does too. Um, in a regular world, no pandemic, nothing, scouts can be in the buildings and fly everywhere, Lysel goes lower than where he was picked. Top ten. I, is that again? I mean, can I say that? It's almost a guarantee.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think he's close to where he would have been. I, I don't know. I, I think I, he's close too. Okay, I agree. All right. That's fair. Get in the route.
1: When you say close, you're within three picks either way. Okay. Yes. Right.
2: Yeah, and I think it's. I think the the pure. So so here's the thing. Like I'm, I really like that pick because I think it gives you a flair, maybe for lack of a better word, that you don't. You don't often see the Bruins, like, value, I guess, right? Like, is the last flair-style player I think yep. the Bruins have really valued, and I think that potentially is that style of pick, which in terms of if I'm the Jacobs family and I want to sell tickets, like, that's really important. But I also think from uh, other teams fearing your offense, that's also important. Like, you, you can have hard-working gritty two-way players who are going to do everything right and that may not while that should scare you more as a fan it may not be as exciting i guess is the word i would use so i think if you can balance like this this last year's draft i, I think several people have said it right like it's the best best draft in a long time like i think part of that is because they built a balanced draft they took different types of people that yeah. were needed for different purposes.
4: Yeah, and one of the things I like, too, is they took the best player available in the first round. They didn't really he just... Wasn't a
1: reach. He wasn't no. a
4: reach, exactly, Kevin. Yeah. They didn't he reach for a, reach. a position.
1: He, he wasn't a reach. Harrison fell to them.
4: That was the uh, third-round uh, pick, Harrison.
1: That or I mean team. the fourth-round pick.
4: Uh, mm. Oh, God wasn't that goaltender was it no he was the fifth yeah,
1: wasn't he yeah back
0: oh,
1: it was, yeah yeah
4: he was fourth yeah. no
1: it was it yeah. back yeah unfortunately the kid's injured he's missed i don't know he hasn't played in over a month but
0: so that's confirmed now huh dom yeah he
1: yeah. he was supposed to be he was supposed to be like swayman and face a lot of rubber in the ushl this year and uh, i don't know when he's going to be back yeah, going to Providence uh, next year. Yeah, a lot of promise in that kid. Oh yeah. Uh, obviously, Yelvic, who I talked about, kid's awesome. Um, really, really shocked the hell of me uh, at how well he's doing. I w- I was not expecting that. Um, Gasso, uh who's going to which school is he going to next year? Boston Mark? College. He's going to B- BC too.
0: Oh yeah, Gasol, Jelovic, uh, um, and freaking uh, Travis Kuntar.
2: Ooh, yeah. Scouts so, gonna love that because it's so close. This, this <laughs> right. kid's but gonna, as a UMass fan, I'm just saying I freaking hate it.
1: Well, <laughs> this kid's gonna turn out to be a, a really good power forward. I think he's got the. I, I Andre? think like. What's that? Yeah.
0: Oh, oh! I've been I, watching the Fargo Force a lot. Yeah. And Mason Langenbrunner. Yeah. yeah. And Langenbrunner, Langenbrunner. got his first goal the other night.
1: Yeah. And, like, he's playing in all situations and everything. And people were like, um, what do they call it? When you end up drafting a family member, it's like, oh, it's the old boys club. They're drafting uh, so-and-so's nephew or so-and-so's son. But this kid can play. I've watched just about every one of his games, and is he's, he's really, really impressive. Now, yeah. he's the guy they got with the Leafs pick, right? No, no. Was that Mast
4: who they got with the least pick, maybe?
1: No. R- Mast went sixth round, right?
0: I thought he was seventh for some reason. No, seventh. Oh, I'm trying to think now. I don't have anything up on.
4: Yeah, we don't even have this in front of us yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, We're just going to- off
4: the top of the head on it. Jeez, my
1: my memory. You, you guys are still young compared to me. You shouldn't be forgetting things like I do.
0: It's that side. No, No, it's that side. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, all the young crew. I, I, got, <laughs> I, I got. I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm forgetting everything. I'm actually over but, here right now, uh, <laughs> googling the two lone players that are going to actually play at UMass Lull, uh, and just feeling <laughs> sad when I scroll up and look at the BCBU list. Right. So, speaking of
4: Ryan Mass, though, how do you, how do you feel about Ryan Mass in that pick? Well, I've been trying to work on
1: getting him with on a podcast with uh, with Mark. Yeah, because I think he'd be a. Uh, an interesting person to talk to. I've talked to him, just not on a podcast. Uh, he's a big fan of Brandon Carlo. He Ooh. models his game after Carlo. Uh, shut down is his, uh, is I think where he's going to be, be his bread and butter. Um, but the, the thing about mass coming into this year, because he missed the whole year last year too, was um, people who had watched him the, the year before said, well, you know, this guy's got some untapped uh, offensive potential. And it, really, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Because right now he's got four goals, nine assists, 13 points in 27 games, which isn't bad. No. Considering it's really his second year in, in the OHL. He's an alternate captain. He shows leadership on the bench, on the ice. I, I've watched him uh enough times. I I just don't know what to make of his offensive uh potential. Now, Mark, I know you've watched him a lot. Yep. He's a really he's got a really, really strange skating technique. Um you know, his his feet are fine. But he's almost like this when he's skating. I don't know if it's because he's so big, or what it is. But he's literally almost at a a forty-five or ninety-degree angle when he's skating. He's that crutched over. Yeah, but he beats people, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's it's so weird how it happens
0: because it looks so awkward. But I mean, if he can work with um, Coach Kim Branville on something like that, you know, another another development camp. Because I really believe that that affects that first push, that first big stride yeah. that really gets you off and running if you're in an awkward position like that, if that makes sense. But, I mean, those are things that, that, that can be worked on. It's a work in progress when, at this level of development in the uh, Ontario Hockey League with the Sarnia Sting. But as he get, as he progresses, I just think that he can work on stuff like that. Uh, but his size is just it, that's something that's going to be a value.
2: No matter. I was going to say so at development camp this year, right? I think I went to.
0: I don't even know all, how many days I, I think went, went to. to. All
2: four days, didn't you? Yeah, like I, yeah, I. So I went to a lot of development camp. Like the strength and size, right? Like just the sheer ability to move that size body on skates. If you can get pieces of your game together, you're going to be a valuable shutdown defenseman.
1: Andrew, he, he can he can literally skate through a whole team,
4: I,
2: I, right? I, like
1: just, I, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if if this guy could just at least change the way he skates, I I, I don't because he plays in all situations. He's a PKer. Yeah. Uh, he works the point on the power play. He's got an awesome <laughs> shot. He's a great leader. Uh, he's re- signing is a bad team, so don't pay too much attention to plus minus, but right. uh, he knows how to shut people down. He can mix it up. It's funny that he looks to Brandon Carlo to see, like he watches a lot of video, this much I know. He watches a lot of video on Carlo to see when to be physical and when not to be physical. If I'm going to be a physical player, Brandon Carlo would be the last person I looked at. But uh, <laughs> right, uh, but he can be nasty, and nobody wants to mess with him. If if there's a scrum or anything, nobody wants a part of him. They just skate away. It,
4: everything that you're mentioning right now, the only name that keeps sticking in my mind, I know he won't be this, but Zidane Jar. everything you're naming off just sounds like the player he was
1: from from the skating to everything,
4: everything, big body guy. You don't want to mix it up with. He was on the point for the power play with his rocket of a, of a slap shot. He could be in the PK all situations. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's
0: funny. It's funny that when you you look at trends of this Boston Bruins organization and how they develop and so on. um, And when they wanted to address size, it's like, all right, so we had Zidane Chara, and then they drafted Wiley Sherman, a big kid out of Harvard, which just didn't work out. Unfortunately, he what a on, name he went on to go. Yeah, I know, right? That is a great coach. name, Wiley but Sherman. Now, but now they did it again with the uh, free agent signing of uh, Nick Wolf. Uh, Wolf did do okay last season in his first year with Providence and earned himself another entry level <clears throat> uh, another contract um, this season, and has definitely played much better. But I just don't see him cracking the lineup, even though he's a big body type of guy. He I doesn't just skate them...
1: good enough, Mark.
0: No, I don't believe so no, either. But
1: Mast, you know? Mast, I think you'll agree, is a much better skater. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just he looks awkward when he's skating. Exactly. I mean. Definitely more mobile. <laughs> so I have, I have
2: two things two things from that. Two questions, I guess. And and I guess this is for either Mark or Don probably. But like, so, so Nick Wolf, I want to be really high on. Like, I, I like the... Concept of him is he ever gonna is he ever gonna give me anything at the yeah. NHL level or am I too too hopeful? I, think I don't the, think so.
0: Yeah, I think what the way the landscape is right now, when you look at like a, a, a website like Cat Friendly or Puckpedia, and you see what we already have in store and what you know it, it could be in the future, I don't believe so. I just think that he's a, another big body that they wanted to get in because they. Uh, constantly trying to address the physicality on the back end, and they see a guy that's 6'4", 6'5", and they're like, "Let's take a chance on him." Especially Nick Wolf, that signed as a free agent right out of college, yeah. winning back to back national champions and uh, championships. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, his last year he was a captain. So there's a bit, a bit of leadership right there too with the whole thing. Yeah. So, but. You know, it, you still have to have that mix of big bodiness and those those small mobile defensemen, and and, and traditionally, you really
1: also need those guys in the AHL, Mark, to work with with your younger guys that you bring in the in the future. Which is oh, why why um, Cross was so valuable to the Bruins yep. uh, down in the AHL. So, yep. is he a career AHLer? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I mean that's okay. what I'm leaning towards. But that doesn't mean some team wouldn't give them a chance. I just don't think it's gonna be embossed. Absolutely. Okay.
2: And then and then my second part of that question, and I'm I'm gonna knock on every piece of wood I have in my office right now, but Brandon Carlo and the injury potential of Brandon Carlo. And and we were talking about I think awkwardness and like skating and like protecting yourself and your big body and tough situations like is there a way to coach brandon carlo out of putting himself in those situations that he gets hurt? i think we're
1: already seeing it yeah okay i think we're already seeing it Uh, just his approach to to the game when he's going back to retrieve pucks uh he's skating harder uh he's looking around if you watch him what he's heading back to his uh, to the boards in his own zone. He's taking that look over Surveying. his shoulder Surveying. to see where everybody is. He's moving the puck fast and he's a lot more involved offensively than he right. ever was. So um, I think they've worked on it with him already on the skating. Uh, Kevin Dean is excellent with defensemen. I think yeah, he, he is. I think he's a superb coach for defensemen. Uh, Great I, replacement I, I for Doug Huda. Yeah, um, I, I think – and even Cassidy was a defenseman. So I think they've worked with him on where where to pick your spots, be cognizant or aware of everything that's going on around you. Don't be afraid to take that extra – because when he got concussed uh, last year, all, all you saw was him just skating back. He had no idea anybody was around him yeah. right near him.
0: But one – I know one thing, Tom, about Bernacalo and, and what I like about him now is he's less showing everybody the numbers. When he's doing the puck mm. pro- puck protection and so yep. on, That's the true. numbers yes. are being shown, which is always going to put a player in a vulnerable right. area.
1: Andrew, just pay attention to him tomorrow. You watch when he's skating back. He'll take that look over his, his shoulder. I will um, do that.
4: Mark and I definitely will be during uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Live that we'll yeah, be we're doing.
0: We're doing a live, um, not a podcast, but it's a it's a live stream tomorrow of the complete game against Nashville tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be checking out uh, one defenseman that I'm very high on that used to go to BU. Is Dante Favaro. Ooh, I'd love to see him and McAvoy work together. What mm-hmm. time's the game tomorrow? One, you know, the, Bruins p.m. Almost, the Bruins almost took him before McAvoy. I know. Yeah. I know. I watched him a lot with the <clears throat> Panticton Vs in yeah. the BCHL, so I was really high on him. I actually had him over McAvoy. I, and people, I got crucified for it. But.
1: <laughs> well, it, it, a lot of people had him over McAvoy. It's just – the. I don't know. the draft is a cra- crapshoot. I want to give Kevin a name because he loves names. Uh, <laughs> it is A guy out of, out of the Ontario Hockey League with the Mississauga Steelheads is a first rounder. He'll go in the first round. How high I don't know. But remember this name: Luca Del
0: Bell Belous. Jesus. Wow. I don't even know how to write that down. I'm Sweeney, to take if notes. you're listening,
4: take notes.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's Mike, your guy. Dave, don't Dave. put me in a mind pretzel right there. Dave, Dave. <laughs> so,
4: yeah, I don't even remember what it started with. Was it Luke? Luca? L-U-C-A. L-U-C-A
1: oh. Dell. capital D-E-L. Luca Dell. Bell, capital D-E-L. Bell. <laughs> Belows capital B U L L U Z.
4: Luca, I I I already don't remember, so but it's (laughs) it's fantastic.
1: Best name in hockey, man. I I hope the Bruins I just wanna have Jack Edwards call a Bruins game. Oh no, I don't (laughs) and no just just once have Jack Edwards call a Bruins game. And see how many times he screws up that name. N-
4: knowing him, probably zero. That guy is so good with names. Uh, just, Very rarely is he stumped. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I watch the the oh, uh, the Miss Saga announcers on uh, uh, when they on the televised Miss Saga games, and even they stutter through his name.
4: Dom, you should get a YouTube video up of just a reel of people messing his name name up. In, uh, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. If, if I
1: could, I would. If I knew how. Uh...
4: Uh, send the clips right. to Andrew. Dom, might, he knows how. I might how. be
2: willing to help you with that. Yeah. I can do some pretty serious know. video editing. So I'm, <laughs> I might be willing to help with that.
1: Okay. I got one quick question for the three of you before you move on because I tweeted it this morning. One more. You know, We're so... going to end the program. It, it, it had something, something to the effect of, uh, within striking distance, or within their sights, at the Toronto Maple Leaf logo. They're what five points back with two games in hand, three games to play with the Leafs yet. Do they catch them or don't they?
4: Who do you? Who wants to start?
2: Andrew, go ahead. No, Kevin, go ahead. I want to hear your point of view.
4: Sure, they absolutely catch them. You want to know why? Because the Leafs love to choke everything away.
2: <laughs> I don't think they do, because I think they've got to choke in the first round.
4: They still can. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Mark, I I think the bees catch them. You do? Yeah. I think that with the they're the hottest team in the in the Atlantic right now seven three and zero in the last ten. Uh, Toronto six three and one. Oh yeah, I think they catch him. I'm I'm riding this pony. Okay. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah.
4: So you're so you're you think the same. You'll think they'll end up catching him. I
1: I think they will. I think
0: they will. I'm not
1: sure about Florida if they
0: have a bay or anything like that, but I think no. the third
4: position
1: is definitely, uh,
0: definitely Tampa
1: definitely maybe.
4: I don't know about Florida though.
1: Yeah, because I they they won't catch Florida. I think they'll give Tampa a run for their money.
4: Right. Ooh. I agree well, with that.
1: You got the standings in front of you, Mark? I do, sir. How
0: many points behind are they? Oh, you're giving the math guy the freaking points thing? <laughs> Alright, so the Bruins have forty four and the Tampa Bay Lightning have fifty five. That's ten from my cream map. Eleven <laughs> points. <laughs> how many games points. how many
4: games has Tampa played? Five more, I believe.
0: They have thirty nine games played. The Bruins have played thirty four. So games five in games at hand. In Yep.
1: Two points per game, eleven points back.
2: They're one. Here's point. the
1: catch. Where the schedule gets tougher now. Okay. And busier for everybody. Tampa Bay has one goaltender. The yep. Bruins have three.
4: <laughs> Love that.
1: <laughs> Nicely played, sir. Nicely okay. played. So <clears throat> I I I agree with Kevin. Nobody's I don't think they're catching Florida. Uh, nope. because no. i think florida has three games in hand on tampa as well
4: yeah they they're yeah i think they played how many games now if you still have it in front of you mark is it 33 Who's or 34 uh florida, florida i think it's 34 36 oh they played 36 yes yeah so three games in hand yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah I don't nobody's see them. catching florida no i don't think so at all no um Yeah, if I could ask one more question for Dom before we end things, Um, who on this team, whether it's you know, prospect wise or even a player who may have just you know, shown some worth in the Bruins lineup, who are the Bruins looking at using towards a potential trade in a package? Is there any players that you've heard that they could be shopping? Yes. Well, uh,
1: I can tell you in talking to somebody pretty up high up in—I uh, won't name the team—high uh, up in a, a in one organization, not the Bruins. Um, I asked him uh, maybe six, eight weeks ago, "What is Eurovacininen's value?" And his response to me was, do they still do nine rounds in the draft?
0: Oh, geez. <laughs>
1: Which basically means zero. Okay. But if back nine and can throw in or get in, let's say a dozen games and do what he's doing now.
4: Call him again. <laughs> Ask him the same yeah, question. I'll call him
1: again <laughs> and say, hey, like, well, what do you think now? Right? Yeah. I, I think he needs to play in a good 15, 20 games to to get some trade value out of them, And if he does that, then he would be a, a trade chip for the Bruins. Um, obviously, you're not moving any of your top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coyle has a no movement clause. He's not going unless he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foligno, uh, they just signed him and we know how far Berge went to bat to get him there. Yep. Um, they're not going to trade him. Um, Steve doing what he's doing has value, but I wouldn't trade him. Great. Um, Uh, and your fourth liners, Trent Frederick might be enticing to some teams, especially St. Louis, but, uh, I don't know where, whether they'd go there, but, uh, no sec isn't going to get you much in in a trade, even as part of a package.
4: I don't want him going anywhere anyway. He's yeah, perfect either. for that fourth.
1: And same with Lazar. I put Lazar. A lot of people don't like Lazar, but I think I he's like playing him. great. Oh, for yeah. What, for what a fourth liner is supposed to do, those two are, are
4: fantastic. And I think Bleed's uh, the perfect complimentary Ram yep. piece for them. It's yep. fantastic to watch.
1: <laughs> Which means, okay, you guys put your Don Sweetie hat you're waving Carson Coolman uh, to to keep bleed and in Steve. a heartbeat.
0: In a heartbeat.
4: Yeah, absolutely. My yeah. I, the only person I'm replacing on that roster is DeBrusque. When and if he moves, and that's where Don Sweeney may have to look outside of the organization. If you know, unless. Unless Felino just goes there, but I don't know if he's thinking of maybe a more of a scoring threat to go alongside Coil and maybe drop um, a Felino down, which means one person would be out on that fourth. Um, if, if Honestly, if you ask me today if Felino went down to the fourth line and it was between Bleed and Lazar and who was sitting, it's Lazar. I, yeah. I, I value what Bleed's doing, and I think he's going to so be— why,
1: Kevin, but you got to think felino is much better on his left side than he is on his right side true and he hasn't gotten that shot in boston
4: true very true good points
0: all right boys i think that's gonna end up being the show um for the interviews at least uh this round table has been absolutely amazing i truly appreciate your time and i'm sorry for uh uh, keeping you a little longer, Andrew and uh, Kevin, uh, but and obviously Dom. I uh, truly appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun, and um, uh, you can't wait to do this again. I love this stuff because it's just uh relaxed uh, Boston Bruins talk from four passionate fans. Wish we can get some more folks on here, but maybe we'll do that next week. But uh, definitely be involved tomorrow when we do the live stream. So, Kevin, I'll see you then. Absolutely. Um, and, again, thank you so much, guys, for coming. I really appreciate it. And you got, you're got all the best.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: thank Thanks. you. Great time. Talk soon, guys. All right, and that is it for this week's podcast. I do want to thank uh, uh, so many great folks that were a part of this. Dom Tiano for joining us. I truly appreciate him and his insight and knowledge. Kevin O'Keefe from the Beehive Hockey Podcast. And also Andrew Traverna from blackandgoldhockey.com excellent people um, and, and I had a lot of fun and I can't really cannot wait to do that. Uh, it was really cool to get Andrew back into the uh, on the pod waves after a, a bit of um, uh, health issues but we, we hope that he continues on the right path to get better and um, and, and it was just a lot of fun. so um, with that being said, let's get right to the patreon. we, we haven't been doing the patreon uh, you know consistently and I to apologize that. For that, we were um, just a little busy and caught up in a lot of a lot of things going on. But I do want to mention that Krista P, Bob Bob Harrop, Marlene Daniels, and Michelle Grimm have been the winners the last four weeks of the um, of our weekly giveaways. So I will be sending uh, signed pucks uh, from the Bruins alumni, current players to the, those four great individuals who. Financially support us at our Black and Gold Productions um, uh, Patreon account, and if you do want to be a part of that Patreon account, check out the um, Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and donate a dollar, folks. And for your opportunity to win weekly prizes on every uh, on every week we do a podcast and uh, the hand signed jersey giveaways. Uh, are really good and um, which we are in right now, and probably I'm going to be giving this away soon. But it is a Terry O'Reilly hand signed, fully authenticated jersey. Awesome stuff here from Bruce Sullivan from uh, uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. And uh, now that since I have it out, I might as well show you this one, which is going to be given away for February of 2022. This is a Don Markott. Uh, it's, uh, 1970 1972 hand signed jersey, fully authenticated again from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, just for a buck, folks. That's it. So, um, I've already said the winners and I've already done the jerseys. So, um, thank you very much. Please, uh, financially support us if you can. If not, please share or retweet or whatever our program. We would certainly appreciate that. want to thank everybody for the support as usual. And like I said, we'll be back next week with Heather uh, to get um, another show out, talk about the recent games from the Boston Bruins who have been on a wagon, a wagon since the two-week break um, and uh, playing very well. So with that being said, this is episode 261. Thank you to everybody involved. We truly, I truly appreciate the support and everything like that, trying to get this out. We'll be back next Tuesday night to record another pod. So thank you very much and talk soon.
2: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your
0: friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins Talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com by sending an email to blackandgoldhockey blog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out!